Hi folks, our content warnings for this week are, um, well, cancer and ADHD and chronic illness and extreme injury and extreme geekery. That's about where I'm at for this one. Hopefully not the extreme injury part. Uh, no, no, but it was there was an illustration of uh, that used an extreme injury. It didn't actually happen, but you, you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hi, Hound. Is it lap time for Hound? And that is the next warning, is that we have several animals, one of whom is currently attempting to climb into Ursula's lap, the other of which uh, is probably our old man cat coming through and being just old man grumpy at us. Uh, but there are three other cats. Sometimes they will interrupt, and uh, it's almost chicken bedtime, but uh, it's still light out, so they've settled down and are getting quiet. Our final warning is that we tend to swear. It's true. At Sergey the cat a lot. Very, very rarely at Hound, although there might have been some last night when you uh, you were trying to relieve her of a deceased squirrel yes. she had found in the yard. Yes, and that was detailed on Twitter. But uh, so... Explicit content, folks. Explicit context. Or, yes. <laughs> Explicit content. <clears throat> With all that being said, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 315. And I'll be honest, at 2.30 this morning, when Ursula was opening the door after I'd locked myself out while I had a bag with a dead squirrel in it, I almost looked at her and echoed the Tucker and Dale versus Evil line. We have just had a doozy of a day. A real doozy. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so, short answer, I don't know where she got it. Pretty sure she didn't do the deed. But uh, when I walked, let Hound out to take care of her business around 2 a.m. when she returned, she had a squirrel of the deceased nature. This is an ex-squirrel. Yes, and so after getting her to drop it and bringing her inside and giving her a treat, I went outside with a garbage bag to dispose of said thing and closed the door behind me to keep the dog from coming out after me. And that's when I discovered that somehow the interior lock had been turned and while you could turn and exit the building, once that door closed, you were stuck outside. I tried knocking. The dog looked at me through the door. She yeah, did. I'm sure she did. So I tracked my way around the yard in the dark through the jungle. It's a little overgrown at the moment. It's Grant, always overgrown about this season, though. It's true, but it's worse than usual because I haven't been able to weed whack the paths or anything. So it's like shin-high vegetation on the ground, and the archways are trying to eat you. And anyway, Kevin showed up with a lot of leaves on him. And uh, so here I am in my bathrobe and not my, and my slippers, and with a bag containing an ex-squirrel in it, and I'm having to ring the doorbell. Which, thank heavens, we installed. Yes, I replaced the doorbell several, uh, like, what, two months ago? And, um... Ursula came downstairs trying to figure out whether the UPS man was keeping really odd hours. It was a serial killer or if I had locked myself out. I was pretty sure it was him. And, but um, I, I yeah. had a, at least 5% on the serial killer. Yeah, so there I was in my bathrobe covered in with leaves stuck to it. 
holding a dead squirrel, and he looks at me in a bag. I have had an adventure. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That was that was an adventure. I hope that your your week has been slightly less adventurous, Internet. Uh, uh, yeah, no. I mean, other than that, I mean, we had a great three-day weekend. I built some Lego. I spent time with the chickens. You, We played a lot of Grounded. Yes. Which I think is the uh, the important thing. I even have a to-do on my, uh, on my thing for yesterday that says Grounded with Ursula. So, you know. Aw. Um... And I mean, well, Sunday I have brunch with Ursula. So that's on your calendar? Yeah, right here. Oh. Um Yeah. So uh, yeah, um but yeah, it was a good holiday weekend. Um work continues to work and that's really it for me. Oh, and the rescheduled disturbed concert that we didn't get to go to in August is happening on the Ninth, which is wait, that's the wrong calendar. I haven't flipped my calendar yet. On the sixth, which is tomorrow, the day after we record this, and the day before this show actually goes live to the public. So hey, how's that for awesome? I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't take it to the everything's coming up Millhouse level of awesome, but you know, it's it's a start. Absolutely, it's a start. So, how have you been doing? I mean, I already know the answer, but the internet wants to know. Oh, uh, yeah. This last round of chemo was the last round of the Red Devil and uh, the the big heavy duty stuff, and it knocked me pretty flat. And I started to get queasy, which I hadn't really been with the previous ones, but yeah. this one was really queasifying. Queasifying. Uh, There's a term. And uh, so that was unpleasant, but. It's, is it Tuesday or it's, Wednesday? It's Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have... It's uh, been a week, yeah. Yeah, but, um, like, I I don't try to write on the... Uh, or I don't hold myself to word count on chemo weeks, because that, that would be madness. Yes. Uh, I did man- actually manage to write a few words, like, on the day after when I felt okay, and then... Uh, because uh, usually, like, the day immediately after chemo, you're fine, and then... Well, I mean, you're not fine, but you're okay-ish, and then you just start feeling like ass. Right. Uh, actually, I started feeling like ass, basically, right after the chemo. But anyway, the point is, I got a few words written, but then uh, this week, uh, I've almost made word count for the week by Tuesday, because, like... Good deal. I am getting to the end of the fourth Paladin book. It is, like, 98% done. I just have Puppy, to... Puppy, please don't mess with that. I just have to finish the last, like, couple of scenes. Yes, yes. Right, the... Well, the problem is that it's a big battle scene, which is, like... I don't actually find battle scenes, like, that fun to read. <laughs> like, as big, you know, tactical things. So what you get is the very personal... And I figure if I don't find it fun to read and don't find it fun to write, then no one will want to read it. So uh, you get the very personal level of, uh, you know, this is terrible. I hate everything. Uh, oh, God, people are shooting at us with arrows. Oh, God, this why is this shield not big enough to hide behind? Why are there three of us in one shield? Mm. Where are we going? Okay, we're, we're in the keep, but now what do we do? <laughs> Nobody knows which way is which. Oh God! Why did I agree to do this? You know, kind of thing. That, that yeah, that that that's but a lot. It's a lot, but 
it, it's going well. It's just that you there's a lot of sort of practical blocking, and you can't just do it all with you know clever dialogue. And you're so good at clever dialogue. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's there's some clever dialogue still, but I'm I'm getting that done, and then I just have to write the the tender declaration of love, which I've been kind of putting off doing, and uh, then the like actual final end bit. And once I have those three things done, then the book is done. There's a chance I might actually even be done this week, which would be lovely. Uh, But because of some other practical issues, I sent what I had to my editor, and now I'm convinced that this is the worst book I've ever written, and she's going to come back with like, okay, this is a lot. Uh, But she has already assured me that she wants to hit the main character with the, the main paladin with a brick forever, and that is. I mean, a, that's where I started. Yeah, that yeah. is a plus paladin. Yes, Jesus. it's uh, it's old school. Mm-hmm. Uh, old school. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, so that's promising. I don't know. It's very long. That's the problem. It seems like I've been writing this one forever. It's going to come out at close to 140,000 words. You've had you've had some things going on though. And I've also kind of had cancer in the middle of it, which And you know, delivering so... books to other publishers and yeah. Oh yeah, and I had to deliver a couple other books. I've been working on this book for like ages. Yeah, this one was like I think even by your standards getting this one done this year was a stretch goal. It was, but here I am in September nearly done with it. Well then, so, there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm. No, I even by my standards, I was like, no, I got to get one of these out before out this year because you got, I got to do like three a year. Or the system collapses. Something like that. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but it's been good. I've been getting a lot done. I've been feeling mm-hmm. okay these last two days, and uh, and writing a lot, and except for the occasional queasifying, which is like. Now, when I get hungry, I just automatically get queasy. If I feel hunger, I feel queeze. Okay, that's and so you feel queeze. That's that's a new way of putting it. Yeah, but yeah. So okay, I'm like I hear you. The two are now linked, and oh dear. so as soon as I start to feel anything like that, I have to go eat like cheese and crackers. Yeah, and uh, yes, I have tons of meds to control this, but like the one that was working the last three weeks, their last three sessions, which I guess was six weeks, yeah, is yeah, not. Yeah. It's working now no, on that. No. It's just eat the cheese and crackers. But uh, overall, for anyone playing along at home who is wondering, the, the chemo is working great. Uh, I can't even find Bob the tumor anymore. Yeah. He, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. he is like gone. Almost, I mean, it, it he's did... gone from like a walnut to like a somewhat squishy milk dud. Uh, the, the, you know, the best part about this. Uh, although a little awkward is you standing in the kitchen going, come here, feel my boob. And not in a sexy way. So no, no, this is the best. That's the best part about this. I mean, that, that may be the best part about this is you're just like, come here, feel my boob. You feel that? No. Excellent. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. And that's what you want to have happen is the tumor gets much smaller and squishier and it has, it's, it's working great. Uh, I, next, Next week, I start on 12 weeks of Taxol, yes. which is the milder chemo, and this one wasn't even invented till the mid-90s. Well, um, alrighty then. And it's derived from yew trees, uh, which Ooh, is why it's called Taxol, ah, because Taxus yes. is the Latin name of yew, 
Uh, so. Uh, well, alrighty then. And this is supposed to be much milder than the last one. I, it, and so I put that in air quotes for you? Supposed to be? Well, I'm skeptic. I mean, my IUD also wasn't supposed to hurt. But yeah. uh, so it's like I may be great. Uh, because then also I get it every week, but they give me less of a dose. So, <laughs> but God, having cancer is like having the shittiest part-time job because there's so much shit you have to do. Like, uh, I have to go in for a, for lab work. Yeah. Then I have to, and then the next day I have to go in for chemo. Yep. And in this last round, I would have to, then the day after that, I would have to go in and get a shot to make my bone marrow uh, kick off. Do its thing, yes. So I don't have to get the bone marrow shot anymore, thank God, because that was like three days a week I was having to drive, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, half an hour, 45 minutes to sit in a doctor's office. And like, that's a lot. Um, it still beats the alternative. Yes, it is. But just if you're, if you happen to have this, like... It's a lot on the schedule. It's, it's if, a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. just, and if you have ADHD where something on the schedule means the whole day is gone except until that moment. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been a lot, but thank God they book all the appointments. So they do. They do. They so, do. so. Uh, next week, I may be telling you how much better the taxol is, or next week, Kevin may be reporting that I'm in bed praying for the sweet release of death. We'll see. I mean, mostly what, what happens on chemo week so far is I record by myself because you're sleeping. Yes. So that, that we may just, it may be 12 weeks without Ursula. We will find out how it goes. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. uh, I, it's, I, I hope not. I'll miss you, uh, re listeners, readers, whoever you are out there, listeners and readers in some cases, but, uh. It turns out being poisoned takes energy, which is bullshit. It should be completely <laughs> passive. Like, I don't have to do anything in order to be poisoned, so why is it exhausting? So, hey, I have an interview. Yeah. Because I don't have an answer for that. No, but um, it's bullshit is what it is. Uh, so I had a sit-down last week, as a matter of fact, with Kyle Decker, the... Uh, GM, host, producer, I'm not sure, all the things he does for the Quest Friends podcast, which is sort of like a, a it's, you know, an adventuring group and their things in their, in his homebrew world with his system, um, who is transitioning, who's transitioned from uh, having we'll call it a day job to being a full-time podcaster and is looking to move back into having a day job because that's just how the world works. Uh, but I had a great talk and it is often, it, or it's not often I get to sit down and talk shop before and after about actually, you know, doing podcasts. Um, so it was a lot of fun and it was great to talk to Kyle and we will have that for you right after this.
Hi, folks. I am here today with Kyle Decker. I'm excited because people were telling Kyle to talk to me, and I think we had like <laughs> like like a Twitter thing going on for a little bit, and that might have been you. That might have been somebody else. I'm confused. Uh, but <laughs> it's exciting to have you on because I guess fans of both shows want this to happen. So, Kyle, if you can introduce yourself significantly better than I just did <laughs> and I, tell us about what you do. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best. I have an intro written out here. Okay. We'll see if it works. Uh, and by that, I mean, like, I have a couple of random sentences. So I'm Kyle. I run the role-playing podcast Quest Friends. Uh, Quest Friends is... Uh, improvised fiction podcast where the realm of the dead is only a plane right away inspired by cartoons like gravity falls and the owl house uh it's it's fun ghostly shenanigans uh alongside i mean that's that's a lot of stuff inherent in just running a show um, oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but to bring up i guess for for what we're talking about today some other things i do with that is you know i run the associated patreon uh, I've been doing some volunteer work with other podcasts, hopefully paid. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm doing interviews. Uh, and then uh, finally, a random neat thing, I guess, is uh, one of our fans reached out to us like, I want to say like a month ago and was like, hey, do you need an intern? So I have that <laughs> now, too, I guess. So podcasting is your full-time gig? Uh it 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 is. It's a right now it's a full-time gig that's self-employed and doesn't make money and hopefully right. soon it will be a full-time gig that is employed and is making money. But we're <laughs> we're we're going to see where that goes. Uh it actually you mentioned the fan, the fan who reached out to me um reached out because I did an episode basically saying, Hey, we're going on a hiatus until we're going to be back in like the end of October. And right, I right. Ju then talked about like, Oh yeah, I'm searching for a job. Here's what it was like being self-employed with quest friends and the ways it worked and didn't work. And it was that, that they were like, Hey, you should reach out to Kevin because this <laughs> is hitting on those topics. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, there's a lot that, that sort of goes into that. Uh, if yeah. you don't mind my asking, what is your normal day profession when you are working? <laughs> uh, my normal day profession right now is uh, I made a mistake. So it's either Quest Friends or unemployment, depending on how you want to consider it. Right, I, right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, previously, um, I previously did work uh, as a implementation specialist with a healthcare company called Meditech. Uh, they basically make electronic health records. Um, okay. And then I moved uh, a couple years ago, moved with my uh, then fiance's now wife. Uh, they, there was some property that my uh, spouse had, my spouse's family had that we were able to move into. So I was like, Oh, I'll give quest friends a shot full time. Um, which I'm clear. I'm still passionate about it, but it's the kind of thing that I realized my priority with that show was always going to be. Um, it was always going to be making the story I wanted to make first, rather than making something that was profitable and marketable. Right, uh, right. 
and then so and so then I shifted from being self-employed to unemployed, even though technically I'm doing just as much work as I used to do. Right, right. Um, this is gonna sound this is gonna sound weird, but do you get the offers where it's like we will increase your listenership and have you make so much money? Like random spam emails, and I love responding to them. In my case, with we aren't. This podcast is not monetized by design, so no. Um. I, I, I've never responded, but I've considered it. I have. I get those actually on our Twitter the other day because um, I used to when our because sh- our, our show originally was a sci-fi setting, uh, and right. I would make like I would make up a monster each week. And after years of hiatus, I remade a new one of like this creature that you can never kill and is always in the background and like you must never engage with it and its promises of increased uh, search engine optimization. No, I I get those. I get the websites. My favorite is actually the one I get maybe every couple of months. It's like, hey, here's a business article I'd like to put on your website. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, our articles are just either a link to an episode or like my yearly analysis of the audience survey. That's all I post. I don't even post, you know, yeah, all it is is it's like episode, episode, episode. We're sick. We can't have an episode this week. <laughs> episode, episode. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't see how this, you know, wow, you're just random things. Yeah. Um, it's. <laughs> It's a thing, man. It's a thing. <laughs> That's why every time I um I reach out like I did with you, I always I have my template, but I always want to adjust it just a little bit, being like, hey, I'm reaching out because a fan told me about you and this <laughs> right. is what they said. Or I've, you know, I've read your description. Have I listened to more? Probably not, but I at least show that I am addressing your podcast specifically and I know what you do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I had, I had a, a there's a, an agency I've actually, I'm not getting paid and we yeah. all understand that. Uh, but there's an agency that I've been working with to get guests. And one of the things I like about it is when I go to them um, and I say, okay, this person is not right for our format. And also, and I don't put it in these exact terms, but I, I dance around the also it is yet another middle-aged white guy selling a book on how to be <laughs> profitable or productive <laughs> or whatever and i really want to hear from voices that aren't that dude yeah over and over again and i've got one who's just like have we got people for you and so it's been a great great That's working awesome. relationship now um but I don't think either of us, none of us are making money directly off of it. I guess they are because their clients are paying them to get them on my show, but the talks I'm having are fantastic. So it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. We've, we've diverged a little bit, but that may be part of it. Let's talk about how you stay organized and productive then. How do you do it? Yeah. So uh, as someone who is going on to a productivity podcast and is like done master's program. Well, haven't finished, but I've done like mass graduate classes in project management. This is the point where most people would be like, I have Trello or some, you know, extravagant <laughs> thing. I use Google drive and that's it. 
I technically also use my uh, Windows Explorer, but uh, I the I, I think part of it is familiarity. Part of it is I love organizing things, so I like having a process that like you know, there's only many there's mm-hmm. only so many folders you can make, and only so many right, subfolders right, right, right. you can make. So uh, I I actually re- need to reorganize my Google Drive, but. Basically, anything that's important for me, I throw up on the Google Drive um, unless it's like a big file. So like, you know, my uh, episode audio, I'll put it on my computer. But like yeah, yeah. notes, I'll I'll make a page if I'm working on, you know, let's say uh, I sometimes write role playing books for the podcast. So like if I'm making a new book, I'll make a folder, I'll stick it under, you know, here's the stuff I'm working on. And then I'll have a couple of docs like here's the idea. Here's rough draft one, rough draft two. Um, and the big reason I really like doing this uh, is because of the search button. So in Explorer, right. you can search, but it takes forever. In Google Drive, uh, I just need to either remember the doc's name or type in a few keywords and I can get there. So, you mm-hmm. know, if it's something that's publicly shared, I'll have uh, or, or something that has a lot of docs that are you know, there are some places where I'll upload like uh, images. I have a folder with all the artwork of us, official like official artwork, fan art, art that's like kind of somewhere in the middle. And yeah, yeah. Um, those will be organized because I'm going to need to manually go into those each time. But uh, everything else, it's just nice for me because I get to go up, type in either the name I remember or a couple of keywords, and it's going to find the doc that's applicable and if a doc isn't applicable, if it's like a, if a doc gets so far lost that it's something I can't find or something I can't enter a keyword on, it probably didn't matter that much to begin with. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you using their priority views at all? I've been finding that really useful because if you, you like, you click on the priority on that left-hand menu and it shows you the things like, you're working on a lot or you can set up little sub projects or, or collections what? of things from across. Oh, you didn't know about that. No, I, I just, I just use the suggested bar in the search bar up top. Like that's, that's all I do. Oh my. Uh... Yeah. Cause you, cause I've got like, um, for uh, MAGFest 2024 coming up this January, I have set up a, a thing in there. Um, What's it called? Oh gosh, I can't get to it because the cat's on the keyboard right now. But I've got like a, 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 it's like a collection or a workspace. Workspace is what it's called. Specifically for all the MAGFest files I am keeping track of. So that way, if they're in like, I might have one shared from MAGFest itself, which is on their Google Drive, copied to mine. I'll put it into that workspace so that I can, I have that. And then the things like the, badge codes for each episode i have a document with all the you know codes i give out for each episode that one is like at the top of the list because i'm touching it at least once a week i i'm oh wow i'm gonna start doing this now i my (laughs) my structure is this is one of the things when i got there i'm like my structure is very basic very straightforward and right right in some ways uh uh chaotic now i'll you know, I just watched the light bulb go off, and I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, this is one of those times where I wish we did video so people could see, could have seen that. You can do that. Look on your face. It was, it was great. It's, but, it's yeah. the, it's the one thing 
the one piece of advice I need to remember more often, which is it's always worth taking like the extra 10 minutes to learn a process that will save you like dozens of hours. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just find when you find out about that process, it's like, wait, um, in my day job, we just found out about something that, um, a cloud provider offers. We had no idea. And we're like, holy crap, that's, one, it's really neat, and two, that could save us a lot of money. Yeah. You know? So, but it was like, we'd never heard of it, and then as it was being explained to us, we were like, what? <laughs> yeah, no. That's every, I, I want to say once a year when it comes to editing, there's some, pro like, oh, Adobe Audition has auto silence delete? What? What? Now, now you're making me have to go now i have to go look for adobe audition uh, <laughs> i'm i'm old school i'm i'm still on garage band with this stuff so. okay well <laughs> i i always used um always use pc and uh yeah we, we don't this is very tangential but speaking of you know sometimes sticking to old methods rather than new ones before i did uh, podcasting, I was like, I want to make YouTube videos, but I actually hated making them. Uh, right. And so I did the podcast as a fun side thing that ended up being my whole thing. Well, because of that, I was used to Premiere Pro. So I Googled okay, yeah. how to set up Premiere Pro so that it's a digital audio workstation. Wow. And six years later, I still edit the podcast in Premiere Pro. Like the intern wants to learn how to do editing. And uh, I asked them and they were like, oh, I I'd like to use the Adobe software. And I'm like, cool, I guess I have to like, I, I do all of audition special effects stuff, but like, ooh, I guess I, I'm going to have yeah. to quickly learn how to do, uh, do all the fancy fast stuff with audition. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the number of things I learned to do in GarageBand, which was probably the brute force way of doing things, yeah. was, you know, uh, especially when I was doing, when we were doing the Hidden Almanac that had a lot of the, had the occasional special effect or, you know, something like that. It's like, you know, it's like back in the day when I was doing live radio and, you know, editing a commercial involved recording it and then taking a razor blade to magnetic tape and scotch tape and cutting and <laughs> splicing it together that way. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> That's. Um, yeah. Before I return, I have on my notes, Kyle, you have to because I'm still on like. What is it? Premiere Pro 2021 Adobe Audition CC 2018. I I told I have in my notes, Kyle, you have to download and learn the new features of the 2023 version of the software. Right. You're paying for it. It's going to be better. Just learn how to use it. It's going to take <laughs> you like an hour. Yeah, exactly. Um, although uh, my wife for her art always she wouldn't upgrade. Like she would learn her work, she would have the workflow. This was especially when she was doing um, her webcomic. Yeah. She had the workflow down and she absolutely refused to do anything, any upgrades to the software until she absolutely positively had to because she knew it was going to take extra time to relearn and reset up all of her workflows. So it was like yeah. the comics over. I can upgrade her PC now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's I I I feel that I um yeah. my my structure for internal because I mentioned you know I use the um, Windows yeah. Explorer as well. Uh, this first season of the podcast, which because their long campaigns was four years long, a four year season had a structure I realized was really ineffective where I had like the, the premiere profiles all were in one. There was one folder that had every premiere profile. And then there was another folder that had, you know, here's the music for each episode and stuff like that. And I realized I should just have all of a single episode stuff in the same folder but I didn't make that shift until the first season was over. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm three years in, it's going to be a whole other year, but I, I'm not re upending all this. Yeah. The, the folder for hidden almanac with all 900 episodes, 898 episodes. We never, we didn't make 900, but that's six yeah. years, three a week. Right. It's just one big folder with all of those episodes, like five minutes each in it. And I'm just like, I'm not going to split it out by year, I don't think, although they're all dated, so it was easier to make the zip files when it was all done. But I'm just like, when I'm doing Productivity Alchemy, I'm going to go ahead and make an archive folder with year one, year two, year three, and just sort it in advance so I'm not staring at a giant folder going, well, I guess I have to drag and drop all these, and I have to drag and drop all these. <laughs> the R the archives folder is my favorite. Um <laughs> It's it's funny the folders on my Google Doc. We've got some that are lowercase, and you can tell those are things like "Oh, Charlie, our old dog." I'm like, these are not something I'm going to access. But then we right. have like Christmas and birthday in all caps, so I know to go <laughs> yes. that one. And then one is one is archives, which is like here's something that either fell through or I'm not doing anymore. But I don't I don't want to lose that file in case you know sometime I want to go look on it again. Yeah, I I actually call that the attic. Oh, um, I like that. Uh, well, I was talking to a librarian um, who uh, we went through the uh, build a second brain course together and uh, we're talking about the para method, um, which is a organized a way of structuring your file folders. Okay. And he was like, I hate, I hate it when they call it an archive because it's not an archive because you're just throwing stuff in there to store it long term and archives are curated. And he was like, I'm like, Okay, Jay, it's it's cool. Uh, attic. Does Attic work? Attic works great. No, okay. I call it an attic. I'm like, okay, I'll call it the thing I'm just... Because you shove things in the attic and you're like, maybe I'll go look for that one day. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I accidentally offended someone. Yeah, it's very... It's fascinating no. looking at this. Like, Because uh, just like an attic, now I'm scrolling through it and some of these are like, oh, here's something I finished. And then there's like... You know, the old website, crack.com, once had an open call for articles. So back in 2015, <laughs> I had ideas. I just have a couple of ideas for articles. And so I threw yeah. them in a folder in the archives or the attic in, in this case. Yeah. Uh, and haven't yeah. touched it since. I have I have a couple folders like that, too, where it's ideas for articles for um, opensource.com before uh, IBM shut them down. And yeah. Um, you know, and a couple other places. And it's like, I really, I, every so often I'll look at them and goes, I should write that one day. And then I look at everything else I have going on going, today is not that day. <laughs> Tomorrow does not look good either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's something freeing when you finally recognize I'm only going to be able to do a couple of things. Just, just do those couple yeah. of things. I, I, I have that, that folder is literally called in my attic, the project graveyard. 
Oh, it's sad, but true. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's like, this is something, it was an idea I had. It is probably never going to see the light of day. Let's just bury it. We'll keep the records in case it's useful someday, but it's gone. Just, <laughs> I'll just accept it and move on. Um, well, that was, that, that was tangential, but great because it really kind of got that system like really a deep understanding of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've now written and I, I don't, you'll probably edit it out, but if you hear typing, I've now got two, uh, two tabs up because I'm the kind of person who will open a tab and just like type a Google search in. So I have one thing that says paraphile method. So I don't forget to look at the paraphile method. Yes. Uh, Um, he, uh, there's a book out about it now. I think his book just came out. Ooh, that's specifically around that. Yeah. Um, so to go with the building a second brain book, uh, I think there is a para method book now. Also building a second brain book. So yeah, now I have a Google search that yeah. says paraphile method, also building a second brain book. <laughs> right, right. Um, and there's, yeah. And who was it that said this is, it? you know, please, you know, there was something, oh God, now I have to find the meme on my phone. Folks, I'm really sorry about this, about these distractions, but, and I might have to post this photo. It was, it was a statement about my curated, the, the, you know, don't destroy my curated list of, of uh, my 128 curated list of tabs. Um, <laughs> so I'll find it later, folks. I will post yeah. the image in the show notes because it was a good one. Um, I want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving on, um, there was another question I was going to ask, and that is, do you do the thing that all the authors do, I know do, which is they have, um, you know, whatever the file name is, draft one, draft two, draft three, draft final, draft final, final, draft final, final, no, really, I mean it. Draft final, final, final. No, really, I mean it edited. <laughs> I should, but I figured out a workaround to that. Okay. And that That is the most updated version. Like, let, let's say Under the Neighborhood is a book that I wrote um, that, that is the role-playing system that we use. And right. even now, I have an incomplete draft, even though the book is out, that I still edit. So what I do is I have a draft called Name of Project Working Draft. And essentially, okay. anytime I finish a whole draft, I will make a copy, and that one gets named draft one, and then draft two. So it's right. only when it's really done that I can put in final. And yeah, like all people, I mess up and accidentally have a final version two, final version three. But um, the the draft names are, they're spinoffs of the working draft. So mm-hmm. uh, the working draft outlives the final one. Right. So basically, what you're saying is you're working on the second edition of under the neighborhood right now. I'm working on the corrected first edition. I don't know if it would be, I don't know if fixing errors is considered a second edition. So 1.5, 1.5. Yeah. There 1. we go. 5. Under, there under we the go. neighborhood yeah. 1.1. I'm pretty sure for the art that I used legally, it needs to be the same project. So it is, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly going in fixing errors. There are a couple of mechanics that I've like changed the name of because they confuse people. Um, there's one in an episode that comes up. 
I'm probably going to keep in the gag because one of my friends says, Kyle, this is why you play test your games. And I just yell back. This is the play test. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I do uh, not, not now. I mean, anyone who buys it now will, will get the update because I'm just going to update the files on the thing. But um, right, right. Yeah. I'm working on when the show comes back, there are a couple of, there are a couple of, uh, they're mostly, typos i need the fix like uh in the thank you i think the same people three times in a row because i uh <laughs> i kind of rushed the rule book out a bit like quickly like i spent a lot of time on it but in translating from the working draft into indesign there were a couple of points where it was like no content was lost but a couple of like there are two different moves that both have the same name and they definitely have different names in the working draft yeah okay and i just found i just found the meme it says don't touch those they're my emotional support chrome tabs (laughs) yes all 27 so yeah 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 (laughs) are there any other tools you're using to keep yourself organized and things sorted and and keep moving things moving forward yeah so um we're gonna start with the continuing to be distressing ones and then we'll move into the helpful ones okay Uh, so the thing about tabs is tabs can easily be uh closed right so Mm -hmm. i'll usually tabs are very in the moment like i i will all i my computer gets turned off at the end of the night the tabs will die so um what they usually are is like right now for example i didn't want to if i wrote it on this page i'd have to retype it some like if i wrote it on my notebook here i'd have to retype it if i uh otherwise i'd have to find a doc and in this case it's just like i'll just type it up there and then i'll either resolve it or move it to its new home uh today Mm -hmm. but what i do otherwise is i really like unread emails um and essentially, because, you know, lots of people like having to-do lists. And mm-hmm. I, have an, I have an overarching to-do list. I have a, of a to-do tracker, which I can talk about later. But right. I found that to-do lists, especially as they get bigger and you add more and more things, it's very easy for me, at least, to just kind of shove it off to the side. Yeah. But yeah. I can't ignore an email. It's there until I fix it. So I essentially have all of my Gmail set up so that they uh, prioritize the unread emails. And uh, if I have an idea or a, uh, it's mostly ideas, like Mm -hmm. I'm out, here's a random thought. I'm going to quickly send an email to myself and then I will either, you know, resolve it if it's like, hey, do remember to do this thing today. And that one, I use the the scheduling feature. So it's really nice, Mm -hmm. you know, on a, let's say a Monday after I record an episode, just get an email saying, Hey, reminder to tell everyone to upload their audio if they haven't. Um, right. So, and then other than that, if it's like, you know, I'm out, I think of a random idea like, Oh, you know, I think this would be a fun episode of the podcast. I can quickly message it to myself and I know Mm -hmm. that I can then move it to, I've got a folder that's called adventure ideas. Uh, not a folder, a, 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 uh, is it a font? No, it's a it's Excel doc. I have a master Excel doc that has basically all my ideas for the podcast. So it's like 
if I need something in the moment, I'm like, oh, I'll go to the adventures tab. Here's the list of every idea I've had. Here is, you know, when in the show I think it's appropriate. Uh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, my it, it definitely stressed out my old boss and definitely it, it can be difficult um, when you have a bunch of other emails. But I'm the kind of person who really likes resolving emails quickly. So okay. it helps me because I, I like seeing that be cleared. Uh, you know, so for someone who might put off emails, I don't think it'd be as effective. But for me, mm-hmm. it it helps me prioritize things and not just shove it off to the side into some to do list where it will eventually fester and die. Yeah. Um, so are you using any of the like any of the, the schedule or, you know, postpone features built into Gmail um, so that it's like, OK, I have this. I don't need to worry about it until Tuesday, so I'm going to snooze it until Tuesday, and it disappears from my inbox until Tuesday. I don't snooze as often, mostly because mm-hmm. uh, anything I send to myself, I either know when I need to handle it, or I um, it's so small that I'm I can open my email and resolve it in ten seconds. It's just okay. faster on my computer. So what I do is I will um. I'll schedule it. If I'm like, I know this thing needs to be done on Tuesday. I'll take the extra couple of seconds to schedule the uh, email to myself so that it is on Tuesday. Um, Okay. And uh, I have, uh, I I guess I I can get into this. I have, I do have a larger to-do list. And so Mm -hmm. anything that's kind of vague and is like, oh, I just need to get this done sometime soon or sometime overall. I have a, um, essentially a master to do email that I resend to myself every day. And I have uh, a Google doc that basically says, Hey, each week, here's a set of things that I think I can get done, you know, this week, this week, this week. And then I have it split by month as well. So I don't overwhelm myself. So like, I know I'm updating under the neighborhood this month. It's in my overall to do list, but it's not in the email yet because I know I have other things to do before then. So and that email I have split into like, here's something, if it's something that like will take a lot of time, I have it like, here's my dailies. So like I need to, uh, I'm studying for the PMP, which is a project management uh, test. So I'm familiar. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do 30 minutes of studying a day. I am going to post one thing on our TikTok for social media engagement. You know, things that are very big or very consistent I have in my dailies. Mm -hmm. And then there's priorities, Mm -hmm. which are here's things I want to get done as soon as possible. General development, like if I have time and then I have other which are like, here are things I want to do, but they're either not super important to my work goals or like not super like urgent. So, for example, uh, we do an audience survey every year and I want to write up an analysis for it publicly. Well, that's mm-hmm. a lot less important than um, than me actually analyzing it myself. Like I've already analyzed it myself. I know what it says. I know what I believe. And uh, making something for fans to engage with will be fun, but it's going to be like probably 12 people. So it's very, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's one of those things that I want to make sure I remember. And so it's on this, you know, master to do list, but it's, it's shoved down to the doldrums, which is the section of, I don't want to forget this. So it goes on the overall email, but it's not listed as a priority item. Yeah. And it's, it's a chaotic method, but 
for me, a lot of the stand, the very, very standard things like to do lists just never worked out. And something about, I see an email, I got to clear it out has made me start working on things. I am a big fan of whatever works for you is the best system for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm also a big fan of if the system doesn't work for you, it's not your fault. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if the system stops working, find a new one. Yeah. And I am currently, I'm currently, uh, really happy. Like, I think this is the most consistent I've been. I'm, I'm four months into a bullet journal now. Yes. I have a very nice leather cover for my beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's an Oberon. Of course it is. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, this is the system that's working for me now. Completely, almost completely analog. Yeah. You know, oh, an email comes in with something I need to do. Okay. Add it to the list. And then day by day, you know, just keep rolling through it and go back to notes. Um, yeah. Like, and the combination of having the notes and the tasks and the, you know, sort of schedule. Yes. I transcribe my Google calendar events every day just to make sure I don't <laughs> miss anything. But it's been really good. Yeah. Right. That's what's working for me now. This did not work at all last year. This would not have worked at all last year. Right. And three years ago, I can't even remember. Uh, well, three years ago, before I started reapplying all of the things I've learned over the last 20 years in the productivity space, I was, I was exploring again because things just weren't working. Yeah. I had to relearn. Yeah. Yeah, because this uh, the the to do email uh, idea is actually relatively new because I used to originally I blocked out hour by hour that was too strict and then I blocked oh, the out time day, blocking yeah and then I did day by day what I wanted to get done but I've been really trying to be more okay with whatever work I get done is it's it's enough like that's I'm not yeah. going to kill myself doing more but because of that I needed to. F- create a structure that was more week by week focused rather than um day by day because you know like uh my my uh my spouse has uh chronic migraines so yeah yeah i had to take him to the hospital today well that that shot like you know i had you know i had this that i was going to do but there were other things i was going to do that are kind of just shot for the day simply because I had to take the hour to drive them there and drive back. And so I, yeah, I probably should have disclosed this to you before the interview. So it it doesn't feel like I'm dropping a bomb on you at this point. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer earlier this year. Okay. And we caught it early. Everything's good. But yeah, yeah. But that threw everything into chaos. Yeah. Because we suddenly had to rearrange everything around okay now you've got a chemo schedule now you've got all these other you know and so i get it like yeah like uh are we going to be able to is she going to be able to record an intro and outro for me this week oh no she is feeling unwell because this was treatment week and next week may be better kind of thing right so i get it um yes i put cancer and adhd is like two content warnings for every single show (laughs) right now, because that's just life. Um, It happens. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, and that's, 
that's the thing. I, uh, you have to maintain that level of flexibility. Yeah. Um, especially when you've got someone who is dealing with a health issue, whether it be it physical, mental, uh, whatever. Right. Yeah. So. And it's, it's definitely tough. Cause my, my wife is just, is so kind and they balance the line between, uh, knowing that for me as a person, I need to learn to be more flexible. I have a series of affirmations I say in the morning and one is I'm comfortable with a flexible and fluid day, but -hmm. they also know that I struggle with flexibility and don't want (laughs) to bother me. And I'm like, no, I'm supposed (laughs) to be okay with this. This is a good challenge for me. Also, you literally don't have a license. I need to drive you. I'm the only one who can. Yeah. you're like us and in a rural area. Yeah. Uber does not come pick up here. Yeah. We're, yeah. we, we have Uber, but we don't have the money for Uber. So that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get that one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so having flexibility built into the system and being able to accept this is all I was able to accomplish today is a huge part. Yeah. Of, yeah. of how you do it. Um, and which, actually blends into the next question where we talk about systems and habits but if you've got more let's go no no go ahead i had jumped ahead into systems and habits with the unread emails no i'll 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 hop into the original one (laughs) yeah no it's fine and that was you know what systems and habits are particularly valuable because uh, i mean sometimes the tools define the habits and the systems sometimes the systems and habits define the tools yeah so yeah so the whole unread email thing i mean I'm an inbox zero person. So having more than three emails in my inbox makes my skin crawl. <laughs> and if they've been there for more than a week, I'm crawling, I'm climbing up my own walls. But... You hate my inboxes. They're, they're, <laughs> Cause there are a couple that are like, uh, when you say don't address, there is uh, and I have to clear it out every so often. There's like a threshold where it's like mm-hmm. any email older than this, I have mentally decided I am not dealing with today. Yeah, uh, and they yeah. those ones kind of squander off to die, but they're usually personal life, so I'm not as like fretted. But there's always something in my inbox. Yeah, well, yeah, um, I I get that. Uh, I just hope that my my goal is that what's in my inbox is unread, not I really need to reply to that person who was saying hey we were thinking of you today um (laughs) oh yeah 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 for me uh unread is my category so even Mm -hmm. if i read something i will then go in and mark it as unread if i haven't responded to it gotcha um which would backfire if my computer broke down because then i'd have to really you know hope that that it saved all of the emails that i had pulled up and not marked as unread but Usually it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the two habits I have besides uh, kind of the unread emails, because mm-hmm. it's nice, but it can also definitely be uh, it can be in, indulgent and easy to do a bunch of small things. So mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. two two methods I use on top of it. One, I don't use as intended. So there's the, the Pomodoro method, the 25 right. on five off. And I kind of use that, but I also know that like, you know, I'll pull up the tracker and then 
sometimes the break goes long or the thing goes a little long, but I really like using that when it's something I don't want to do. Like I don't like, I don't like doing studying for grad school. I've always been good at studying, but I always hated it. So Pomodoro is nice because I get to click down and I get to say, Hey, I'm going to do this for the next 25 minutes. And then after that I'm free. And right. It's I it's something I really like about it too is that it gives me a more realistic idea of what my productivity is because it's not an eight hour day is not an eight hour day it's no no and so I've learned that for me it's closer to like uh, probably two to three hours I probably get through like six of those little twenty five minute clicks in a day mm-hmm. and so not only does it help me force me work it it encourages me to work on things by giving me a deadline I also get a much more realistic idea of how much time can I really expect each day of me and how much, um, how long does this realistically take? Cause I can look at the timer right. and be like, Oh, you know, it turns out that writing a, a, a Twitter post because I'm, I'm really an X post uh, <laughs> writing. It, it is, it is always Twitter. It will always be Twitter. <laughs> I don't give up. Fuck what Elon says. It is always going to be Twitter. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things we're calling it X in context made it more spiteful than not saying it at all. That's uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah. But but writing because I, I, I still mm-hmm. use Twitter mostly because um, until it dies for good or another p- platform overtakes it, I, I want to just focus on what I've got. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So I, I do those and I do TikToks, but it's nice to be like, oh you know, making that post only actually took seven minutes. It's not unrealistic to say I can do this each day and attach it to my days Mm -hmm. or conversely. Wow. That took a whole hour where it took two Pomodoro slices. This is a lot more work than I thought it was in my mind. Uh, Cause just looking at the hour doesn't anticipate breaks. It doesn't anticipate Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. But with this, I can easily say, all right, this will take me, this amount of time once I click the button. Uh, and, you know, there's something I haven't referenced in a while um, that was made to track those sorts of time slices. It's yeah. called the Emergent Task Planner. And it's just like a single sheet page. Like, you could buy a digital version and print your own. Um, you don't have to buy, like, the notepad stack of them. But yeah. you put, you know, you put down the task and then you mark down how many blocks it took. And then you can go back and look. Yeah. You know, um, you may already have that, whatever your Pomo timer is, but, uh, I kind of have it kind of don't. It's one of those things mm-hmm. that was really effective early on. And now I use it as you mentioned, tools, wax and wane. And this yeah. one, I, I use more, more in bits and pieces now. Um, it's mostly just, it's a way to kick in my butt without me super, mm-hmm super categorizing each segment and keep letting gotcha. myself keep things fluid being like, all right, this takes about this much time. That's good for me to know. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the second method? Uh, the second method is, uh, is an app called uh Habitica. So I, um, one thing I've noticed for myself is that if other people rely on me, I'm much more likely to get something done. And, so I I haven't been super into gamification apps previously, mm-hmm. especially when they require yeah. a lot of you. Um, 
because I usually either get too into the game and I don't want to do it day to day or I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because the big thing for me mm-hmm. is uh, be because I'm a very detail oriented person, I need to give myself kind of more slapdash, hectic, very quick methods because if I don't, yeah. I'm going to spend so much time just writing the sheet rather than doing the things on it. Um, so Habitica is, is nice because it's very, very basic, uh, yeah. but it's essentially, you've got, you've got your magic, you've, you've got your health, your experience point and your spells, and you can put in tasks. So like, oh, if I do this good thing, I'll give myself points. But if I eat like dessert, I'll give myself, you know, negatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other nice thing is they have dailies. Yes. They also have general to do's. I don't use that as much because that's one of the two to do less things where because it's not in my face, a task goes there to die. Um, yeah. Dailies are nice because, um, you know, I have dailies on my, on my uh, email, my to do email, but that's a work thing. I send it to myself every day for like, here's my Monday through Friday. Cause even though I'm self or unemployed, depending on how you want to <laughs> count it, I still am like, I should take off weekends. It's, it's good yeah. to relax. Um, and it'll make me better in the long run. So, uh, but Habitica, these are my personal things. Like I'm going to do mm-hmm. Duolingo. I am going to do a small 30 second meditation. I'm going to do some kind of exercise. And the way the app works is you have a party and you go on quests. And if you fail at your tat, if you succeed, you'll, you know, fight the monster. You get the rewards. Yeah. Yeah. But if you fail, you and everyone else start losing health. Yep. Uh, and the longer you've put off tasks like I have for a couple of things or put off your dailies, the worse damage it does. So it's helpful for me because it's helpful and not. So uh, negative reinforcement, and I'll get to this later, isn't as effective as positive. So the things that I'm not right. as good at continue to spiral but the other things i'm like oh yeah i can do this every day i'm gonna get experience i'm not gonna let everybody else down and also i'm a healer so like this morning i realized i was gonna get everyone killed because i definitely didn't do everything i needed to so i'm like i'm gonna have a super productive morning and i'm gonna take off this 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 and this all right i got enough spell points that i can frantically mash the heal everyone button right, and, uh, right. <laughs> keep them alive. So I like that one for my personal stuff because it, um, I put on, you know, small stuff, but it, it's a way of having other people rely on me for doing the things that are good for my health. It's all personal yeah. stuff and all health stuff. Yeah. And having other people rely on me is a big deal for me in getting stuff done. So funny story. Um, first off, did you create a quest friends guild? Uh, I did not. I, um, I just had some friends, uh, in the group chat who are like, Hey, join our party. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but okay. Uh, so there is actually a productivity alchemy guild. Okay. Out there with fans of the show. And, um, Although, and I haven't, I haven't talked to her in, it's been a minute, uh, but um, one of the co-founders, Vicky, has been a guest on the show and we co-presented at the local open source conference on Habitica because, you know, it's fully open source, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, we were presenting on how to set it up, you know, what it does, how it works, how it gamifies, and then how to set up your own instance to run it like internally. That's so cool. Yeah. 
yeah and uh, it occurs to me i haven't i haven't talked to to her recently so i need to reach out um note to self check in with vicky yeah it'll she, she can come in listen to the segment and be like well, he's kind of right, but here's how it actually works. <laughs> no, no, there, there are so many people doing it in, in many different ways. Uh, I think there is a group of writers, like science fiction fantasy authors, yeah. who use it for like keeping each other accountable on their word count or Ooh, their daily stuff. Word yeah. count is good. Yeah, one of mine is... I don't have it as a daily because I didn't, I don't prioritize it as much, but uh, right, one right. of my, if I write just 50 words a day, just a small amount, I'll give myself a little boost and be like, Hey, you did it. You wrote a thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to remember who that was. Um, it, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. I'll remember at some point, or I'll be going through the show notes later and going, "Oh yeah, it was X, <laughs> Y, or Z." Um, yeah, it's the Habitica so. is fun because one of my friends, mm-hmm. uh, I'll sometimes ask her to do stuff. I'll be like, "Hey, I need you to do this for me because um, she uh, she helps me on a lot of writing stuff." Um, right. And I'll follow up a couple days later, and she'll be like, "It's on my Habitica. I'm gonna get it done." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay." Okay, you marked it. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. she's thriving in the fact that I've um, missed a couple of days because she's like, usually I'm the one bringing everyone down. And I'm like, <laughs> f- fine, I guess I'll take 30 seconds to meditate so not so everyone doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it, it it's possibly one of the simplest MMOs I've ever played. And uh, it's one of the things that. I had that was working, stopped working. So I put myself in the tavern so I wouldn't hurt the rest of the party. Yeah. But every so often, you know, I end up going back to it. It's, so, I, I yeah. love its simplicity. Cause as I said, mm-hmm. you know, gamification when it gets too complex. And I mean, the most this really does is you cast spells so your party doesn't die, you do tasks so you don't die, and then you can raise animals. But like, I, mostly forget about that and buying items and then like maybe every two weeks i'll be like yeah i guess i'll go on an animal feeding spree and then uh yeah and then it's like my boat my stables are just ridiculous to the point where i'm like (laughs) okay i'm gonna get i i i need i appear to have so many extra eggs that now i have both the grown-up the the adult and the baby version of a lot of them like yeah. yeah so for me i i love it in simplicity mm-hmm. because it's it it's enough to get a kick into me but it's not enough that i either that i either want to engage with it more than it is or i get tired by it yeah, yeah. it's not like to use a weird example it's not like checking into an animal crossing island right where that becomes like a part of your life until you miss a week and then my villagers haven't seen me in so long. I the the one that that uh, for me is um, it's Pokemon Go. We're big Pokemon Go players, and uh, part of the um, Mastery Quest series that yeah. launched earlier this year. Uh, I just got to the second stage after having to collect three hundred and eighty five different or Pokemon from three different 
regions 385 yeah so it took so it takes a while but now it's earn a heart with your buddy for 20 days in a row and i'm like i do not want to break that streak i do not want to have to start this over it took me how many months to catch 385 each from jodo honan and kanto yeah now you're telling me i have to do this 20 days in a row okay 20 days in a row i will not miss a day um, it, it's funny because pokemon goes the opposite for me my my friend who oh. i was mentioning on habitica uh she was playing pokemon go and i was like you know i haven't touched that since like i don't know 20 2016 i think it came out you know let let's let's boot it up and then i i think i caught one thing and got a series of things i'm like you know, I, I think I was. I think 2016 is fine for me. I deleted <laughs> it. Yeah. No, we've. Uh, it's it's one of the. It's one of our weekend activities as we go That's out fun. Saturdays and drive around and spin stops and catch Pokemon and do quests and have brunch and yeah, it's it's like one of our our. We started doing that during the pandemic because otherwise I wasn't leaving the house. <laughs> Or I wasn't leaving our property. Yeah. And she's like, nope, come with me. You are leaving. You are becoming agoraphobic if agoraphobia <laughs> in, is is limited to our two acres. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not scared of the sky. I just don't want to leave my property. Um, she's <laughs> like, no, we got to fix this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I my, my friend, I'll, it, it's been very funny because since she started playing, we'll hear, uh, oh, sorry, I'm running late to our hangout. You know, I was at a park. And my friend who just likes going to parks is like, Oh yeah, she's probably playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, we were we were doing. Uh, what was it? We uh, we'd stopped somewhere, and I'm like, hold on. I can't do X right now. I have to finish this Pokemon battle with Team Rocket. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I dig it. You know, I that's that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm still thinking my uh, the first vacation I went on with my uh, wife, which is where we went on for our honeymoon, was when Pokemon Go came out. Oh, I, yeah. I almost reinstalled it for our honeymoon as a joke because my wife doesn't play. My wife has like three games they play. It's like The Sims, A Link Between Worlds and New Super Mario Bros. 2. And those are the three okay. games. I mean, those are solid games. Yeah, not gonna, not gonna lie. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, they would have been. <laughs> I think they would have tolerated it, but they would not have been happy because I still remember yeah. that week of like couples walking around holding hands, one of them with their face in their phone, and that was me that like first week when we were on vacation. <laughs> it literally released while I was at an in this moment concert, and so between sets. I'm downloading the app, frantically loading <laughs> and catching my very first Pokemon. Some guy in the VIP section with me sees it over my shoulder. He says, oh, yeah, I've been in the beta. It's really good. Um, <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, OK. <laughs> just the, the, the wonderful week where the world was at peace. <laughs> yeah. And then I get home and my wife's like, what do you mean it's out? <laughs> Walking to the end of the road, because that's the only place there were Pokemon spawning at the time. Like, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's a benefit for me. I'm I'm in Phoenix. So there's uh, there's stuff all actually. I'm sure when my friend visits, because it's going to be like a week from now, she's going to be like, all right, stop. I got to do this Pokestop. And we'll be like, OK, but also it's still 100 degrees outside. Please get in the car. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I have a secret. 
Yeah. And that is I use uh, automation to help. So I have, I forget which device this is, but you pair it like it's a Go Plus. Yeah. And it catch, it throws balls and it spins stops for you. So I can just drive That's through nice. town. Yeah. I have to, I only have to stop for battles and, um, you know, like, yeah, for battles and like special event things. Um, although the, the drawback is if you don't prepare properly, I will go through town. My bag will be full. My, my item bag will be full. I will have no pokeballs left and I will have caught a damn thing. So, <laughs> you know, easy come, easy go. Right. Um, I folks, I will link to the two I've used in the show notes. Um, I might, when you showed that to me, I'm like, I have to memorize what that looks like so I can send it to, to my friend Hallie and be like, Hey, I found a, I found a better Pokemon like go thing for you. Yeah, no, I, I, I will link, I will link both the device <laughs> types I use, I have used in the show notes. Okay. So, yeah. Um, for everybody out there who plays Pokemon go or has a friend who plays Pokemon go and needs a gift. Um, <laughs> Um, all right, Habitica, we have we have diverged, but that that also you know, <laughs> but it's all gaming. So yeah. there we go, um, and gamification. So hey, um, anything else in the systems and habits? Uh, not really. Like I, okay. I try to put inside of those certain habits that I'm trying to instill. So like. Uh, and there are a couple of things that, like, the to-do reminder on my phone, there are, like, one to two very important things I'll put there so I don't forget, like, uh, doing morning affirmations or, well, that's pretty much the only one. But I have I have habits I try to do, like, getting up before 10, getting ready for bed before midnight, making sure that I eat and dress and brush mm-hmm. my teeth before I get distracted with work because it's going to put me in a better mental state than you know, spiraling through all those emails. And then I, it's two when I haven't eaten yet because then and you're I've, still in, and you're still in your lounge pants from the night before. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was the kind of guy in college who would get dressed in a full suit for uh, a test. And it was, it was half a joke, but it was also half feeling fully dressed. And like, I feel better when I am dressed and my teeth are brushed and I've had my food and I'm, I feel like I'm engaging with the day rather than basically engaging in the junk food of productivity, which if you're not careful is what emails can become. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm one of those people who I've been working from home for well over a decade now. Yeah. And I get up every morning and I shower and teeth and coffee and all that. Like I'm about to get in the car and drive someplace and then, you know, go out, feed the chickens and then sit down at my desk and work. Um, because that routine helps get my mind flowing. Gets, yeah. gets me in the right mindset, um, to actually work. Now that doesn't mean that I might be, might not be checking my email at, you know, two in the morning while I'm waiting for the dog to take care of her <laughs> business. But, uh, you know, uh, let he who has not throw the first stone on that one. It's, um, it, it's the, they fi- who have not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fine line of, of how it is with most things where you want, you want the structural things that'll get you in a good mind space, but also the fluidity 
that lets you accommodate to change. So that's mm-hmm. why that's also the same reason that, as I said, Habitica, they're all easy things I want to do every day that like, yeah. even if, even if like, even if things go horribly wrong and let, <laughs> let's say, for example, I, here's a content warning for you. Let's say I get in a horrible car crash and I'd like, I'm an, I'm, I'm awake for an hour a day. I can spend yes. one minute of that hour doing Duolingo. <laughs> like that's in the most extreme example. Like I, I make sure that the things on there are small, simple, and they're the kind of things that taking the time to do them each day makes you feel better, even when the day is unpredictable. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking about that unpredictable day. What does a typical day look like? Oh yeah, this was <laughs> this was the <laughs> one that has the most information on it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fuse what an actual day is and what an ideal day is because okay, uh, you know a- as I mentioned, I'm moving from self unemployment to trying to work someplace else, and part of that is because for me, being by people helps me keep on track. Like okay. I'm still managing a lot, but. Probably not as well as I would do if I was, you know, in a team space. But my my standard day is I'll get up. I've got my uh, get up before 10. I've got my uh, morning affirmations. uh, So I'm comfortable with a flexible and fluid day. My presence is enjoyed by those around me at any time at any day. I do enough and I put little value in how I compare the others. So three Mm -hmm. things pretty tightly tied the productivity. And then a fourth one saying people like me don't panic that like your friends don't hate you for what you said it's okay (laughs) um so i'll do that i'll I'll get Mm up i'll um depending on the breakfast i'll Mm -hmm. either make breakfast then i'll uh, brush my teeth and change or if it's like uh something i'm like oh this is going to take a little more time to cook then i'll brush my teeth first and change um i find doing teeth brushing this is very granular. I find doing teeth brushing and changing is actually more effective for me if I do it first. But also if I'm making something that takes two minutes to cook, I'm not going to like have the weird minty taste in my mouth and the food taste because it's just gross. So yeah, I've, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, once I do that, I'll go into um, I'll open my computer. I will uh, pull up. I have two monitors and they tend to be split into one is like the emails or lists, or I'm, I'm trying to knock this down because it has everything I need to do. And then the other monitor is like where I do it. If that makes sense. So like on the right side, for example, I've got, Oh, here's a doc that I need to add things to, or here's a LinkedIn profile I need to talk to. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the left, it's, it's a much more chaotic, chaotic smorgasbord of like here's a couple of docs and I'll pull them up and then you know maybe I'll forget to close them or here's a couple of other things because if this left side ever gets too full I can just close it because it doesn't have anything I need to remember it's just where I'm doing the work if that makes sense no I I I do it kind of on the opposite like the left side is is where the left monitor my work set like my desk desk where i'm sitting right this minute i act i have two monitors yeah the second one that i'm on right now has a switch on it so i can use multiple machines with it when i'm working it is dedicated to my work machine yeah 
And so that it's my second monitor for work. And that, yeah, that's where my calendar lives. Um, if I'm in a Zoom meeting, that's the uh, that's where the presentations and all the full screen stuff happens. And then everything else, the you know, the code I might be working on, my email, um, you know, the Slack, all of those sort of ephemeral quick context switchy things that I need to be yeah. moving between, they live on my right monitor. Okay. You know? yeah, yeah, I get that. So so it's sort of the opposite of how you do it, but the same basic idea. One monitor is the static things you need to be keeping track of, but maybe aren't interacting with as much. And then the main one that you're interacting with all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then once I'm in, as I said, I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of emails I send to myself. And at this point, because I'm, I'm still job hunting, I get a lot of emails of like, we found this job for you. Uh, and I'm going to be so thankful when I can get rid of them because, you know, maybe, maybe 10% of them actually have a hit and the rest are, very oh, oh don't worry even even five years after has it been five uh, four and a half years after the job hunt ends you'll still get emails that say hey we have an opportunity for you in like i haven't lived in new york state <laughs> let alone you know in 20 30 are we, is it 20 years now or 30 years and you're sending me stuff for we have a temp to perm six month contract in the Bronx. And I'm like, I don't even work on that technology. I haven't worked <laughs> on the technology in 20 years. Yeah, no, they, they will still keep coming whether you want them to or not. Um, well, that's good to know. <laughs> two monitors. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so then, and, and so we've got all the, so I'll open up all my emails and pretty much what I do first is I clear through anything that take I, anything that takes like 30 seconds or less. So here's a reminder to myself, send it to the right document. Here's a, a job hunt email, quickly scroll through it, delete it, you know, yeah, yeah take yeah. care of all that. Uh, that's just, it's, it's the little amp up. It, I feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, man, I cleared through so many things. And then from there, I look at the more pressing emails. So those are things like emails that I got from actual people. So like, uh, when I was the email you sent, I want to say it was, was it yet? It was yesterday or this morning for this link. It was yesterday. Yesterday. So that, that would have been the second phase of emails uh, where it's like, all right, well, I'm going to look at you know, these ones take time and attention and focus, but they're also just emails. And there are very few emails that deserve more than 15 minutes of your, that deserve more than five minutes of your time, honestly. Um, and then once I do that, I have my one big to do email, which the reason I make it my to do email is because as I said, having something as an email just makes it a priority to me somehow. Right. Um, and it also, it can be helpful for things that are impermanent. So like mm-hmm. I'm reading off of a list that is an email I sent to myself that was like, here are the questions, here are the things I want to answer because once I'm done, I don't have a doc. I have to fix things. I just delete the email and like these right. answers I made are, are they were very easy for me to accept access because i sent them to myself at you know 320 today and then when we're done they're deleted they're gone gotcha Um, gotcha gotcha but i have my to-do email which is split into my dailies my priority items and my um and then personal growth and other items 
And the way I determine those is, as I said, I have another to-do list that's like, here's how I want to do things week by week. And uh, essentially Mm -hmm. what I do is I work through my dailies. Uh, Once the I work through my dailies, I try to get them all done, but I'm also let myself play fast and loose. So I had a job interview today and one of my dailies is apply to one job. And I'm like, you know, I did an interview. Yeah. I, I'll count that. I'm going to delete that line. I, I don't need to do another application today. So again, the dailies are like the either really big stuff or the stuff that mm-hmm. I need to do consistently. Like, right, right. you know, study for the PMP. I'd rather do half an hour a day than be like, I'm going to spend one day a week. Um, right. Once I've cleared through those, I um, I clear through as many of the uh, priority as I can. My I aim for like two to five, which is a very broad range. Um, any item in there is something that in my mind should take no more than an hour. So if it's something that's going to take more than an hour, it either needs to be separated into smaller tasks or it needs to be turned into a daily if it's like a super big thing. Um, and the reason for that is because... The, the way this tracker works is, you know, I like deleting things. And so having that feeling of progress, uh, an important part of that is being able to split things into small enough parts that I can keep track of what I'm doing, but also that I feel like I am making progress. So if I can split something into three things, then I can be like, I did this discrete, I did this, this, and this today. And hopefully that gives me the motivation to keep pushing on rather than here's this giant thing on my to-do list. That's going to take right. so long. I don't want to touch it. Um, and you know, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I work on my priorities and then when we get to the end of the day, cause I force myself to stop by six uh, with, uh, with a few exceptions, but uh, I get punished on Habitica if I don't stop by six. Ah, uh, uh, yes. So I, um, but like when we hit five, you know, that's if I haven't cleared out my, um, you know, my priority items, which I set them up that I should be clearing them all or most of them out in a week. You know, when we hit the last hour of the day or so, that's when I'm going to start looking at. I don't have time to start this daily. You know, maybe I've got 15 minutes left. I don't have time to start, not this daily, this priority item. So, uh, right. you know, I'll work on that survey thing that I was going to do. Um, or I'll work on, you know, one of my, I have a section called general, basically business development. So I'll work on my updated cover letter because that's something that I have in this development section. That's like, here's something that's important to me, but I don't need it done this week. Like, and I don't, right. Right. We'll get into this with failure. There's never really anything I need. I need done this week, but there are things that I really want done this week and things that are just like, this is important. I want this on the tracker so I don't forget it. But if I, but, it doesn't matter yeah. if I get it done now. Like one is making a professional mm-hmm. website. I think that'll be good for me and ultimately will help with business and stuff. But business and stuff it will help me. But yeah, it's not as important as, say, making sure the next session of the podcast is scheduled so that way we're getting right. things done or. Uh, you know, one of my things that was a priority item was emailing you because the fan was like, Hey, when you start getting back, you should email Kevin. I'm like, all right, well, I have a very specific time frame, which was like between now and 
I would say October, but I didn't know how, what the turnaround time was. So I was like, well, that's a priority item. I don't, I don't want to do my back to podcast recording and I keep putting it off and now it's March and I've been back for six months. Like, right. Yeah. 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 Or, or, you know, sometimes with my scheduling, like at the moment I'm looking at things and if it weren't for a hiccup in one of my guest scheduling, you would, this would actually be airing in December, not in <laughs> September. So, uh, I mean, yeah, here I, I will, I will show you just a, just a quick look at my, uh, at my board of like, the, I have, those are magnetic dry erase post-it sized things. Yeah. And each one has the episode number, the date, the guest, and a checkbox. Um, and so that's basically um, this week through the end of November, the next to last episode in November, and then I've got overflow on the magnetic whiteboard below with everything else. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, how am I this far ahead of everything? Right? So, yeah. Schedules are strange. I think the thing that really stuck for me that was that was so funny was the, you are now in September because of a guest thing. Otherwise, you would have been in December. It's not like, oh, this adjusts things by a week. It's like, no, because of the weird way schedule works, we're just moving yeah. someone for, uh, not four months, uh, three, wait? Three months, yeah. Well, and a lot of it is because other people I could move, I gave them those dates already, and it changes how, like, they're, like, um, Desrock, who's going to be on in October, like, that's all like her personal assistant has that the booking people have that like there's already wheels in motion around this will be happening on this day yeah changing it to say it's gonna happen in three days is a whole other level of things (laughs) (laughs) absolutely there's yeah there's a difference between moving around this person who's already established a lot behind it and uh moving around the guy who didn't really care much about a date and can't decide if he wants to call himself self-employed or unemployed. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever works, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> fluidity is a tough thing. And I know for me, uh, when I work with other people, I, I try to make myself as fluid as possible, but I try to ask them to be as fluid as little as possible. And like, I sometimes have to ask it, but like, if I can make things ideal for other people by being loosey goosey on my side, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. It works out. Right. Yeah. So that was a long way of saying that, uh, (laughs) I I basically just have a, have a to-do list that I force upon myself and I try, I update it each week. So I'll like re I'll send in replies to the email every day. But for example, this day is is copy pasted and it's going to get sent to me on Monday. Wow. I'm looking at dates and realizing all of those are kind of written down wrong and I'm going to have to play fast and loose with scheduling again. So, Hey, how about that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll make it work. I'll figure it out. Um, It's what I do. Um, (laughs) So, no, there was a point where it's like, no, the letters, like doing a monthly letters show as part of the regular cadence is a lot of work. Yeah. And suddenly 
you know, how do we rearrange that around, uh, frankly, the chemo schedule? <laughs> and so it's like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna figure out another way to do letter shows. In the meantime, now I have to fill in all these blanks that used to be letter show. And I think somewhere along the lines, when I was writing down dates, I got things off. So I'll fix it. It'll be fine. No worries. Um, it happens. Yeah. No. Uh, so after 6 p.m. After 6 p.m., I stop. I, right? I, 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 and when I say I stop, I essentially, I will, um, you know, if I have something I'm working on in the moment, I'll resolve it. But other than that, um, I take the to-do email. It Over the day, I'll delete things or add things as applicable. So I'll right. cue it to send the next day at 8 a.m. or Monday at 8 a.m. And then uh, I like to turn off my computer. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough because I, I like playing video games. Um, and there's some things that only really play on the computer. But at this point, I've been trying to force myself to do them on the weekends. I right, don't know right. what's going to happen once the podcast goes from being because it was my full time gig. Now it's on mm-hmm. hiatus and I'm still working on it during my work hours. But, right. you know, job hunt and, and business growth, the professional growth is taken priority. So. I'm curious how it'll work out when that goes back to being something I'm doing on top of my full-time job. Right. Right. Having this very strict computer off won't be as uh, helpful, but my computer takes like 20 minutes to uh, boot up. So if I, if I close it, there's no going back to it. And I can do some things on my uh, tablet with like Google docs and stuff, but I, I just find it really hard to do. So, it's I uh, on weeknights I'm turning off the computer. It's a way of forcing myself to step away. There's nothing more I can do. And there, you know, and by queuing the email to send at 8 AM, I can't access it now. Like I could, I could go in my schedule and access it, but it's not there for me to see. Uh, so I basically do everything I can to really separate myself from it. Say this is done. I'm not touching it anymore. Um, and then during the night, it's just, it's night stuff. Um, you know, I don't, at this point, I don't have a whole, uh, you know, I'm an adult with adult responsibilities, but I don't have, you know, kids or, or big volunteer or like I do some volunteer work, but nothing big that's consistent. So, you know, make meals, uh, take a look at my Habitica, see what personal things I failed to do. Like, uh, for example, I know, uh, cause it's about, it's going to be six, about an hour from now. I'm going to check it and be like, Oh dang, I forgot to meditate and do my next stretches today. I should do those now. Right. Um, right. And then it's just, it's just basically relaxing. And then around 10, I I'm, I'm pretty good at going like I, I can fall asleep relatively easily, but I've started taking a melatonin gummy at 10 in part. Oh because yeah. It, it's me telling myself you're going to bed in two hours. You've taken the, like, I don't know how much it does and how much is placebo, but simply taking it is my way of signifying to myself. I have made a commitment to sleep essentially. And so my final two Habitica tasks, I always got a mark at the end of the day. Cause it's, uh, 
using the water pick and flossing because I was very bad about flossing as a kid. So I made it a little Habitica task. And like with all my Habitica tasks, turns out it's really easy, actually, and really there fast. You go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then I sleep. And then it's the I next day. Say, yeah. That that off time for us is when now that my kids are grown and out of the house is when we'll play video games or watch movies. On, yeah. You know, either like uh, our console games or uh, on our individual consoles or uh, every so often we will. Lately, we've been alternating between co-oping seven days to die and grounded. Okay. Um, I which, recognize you know, grounded. Uh, grounded. Yeah. Grounded is a great little base builder where you're it's basically honey i shrunk the kids as more of a, a survival crafting game yeah uh, with no death penalty oh that's nice kids yeah you just have to go back and get your backpack um seven days to die on the other hand is zombie horror base building survival and so Every seven days, the blood moon comes, and you have to be prepared for the waves of zombies that are going to attack you. That's um, different vibe. Um, but we have a system. She likes to do the base building. I like to be running around, dying frequently, either by giant bug. The ladybugs are so tough. I, I right, but or zombie. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I we're not ungrounded. We're on seven days to die. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, my wife does not like doing co-op with me. Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, but we, uh, and this is one of the things that I had to convince my parents. I'm like, we're genuinely spending time together. They genuinely like watching me play the game. Yeah. Like, um, I'm doing Persona 5 Strikers now because uh, when I lived with my housemate, he and I did Persona 5 at the same time. And Emily, and, and Emily my, my spouse, got so sick of it. But never watched the sequel, and now is like, I want you to replay the sequel so I can see what happens. So, uh, yeah, well, and uh, she played through um, Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, and both the DLCs, and I spectated most of that. Yeah, because they're not necessarily my style of game, right? They're, the stories, though, the stories, I will watch those stories all day long, but I don't have the patience for the, okay, I have to do eight bajillion side quests. Yeah. It's, oh, it's one of the things that I've gotten kind of related to the, 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 the go, kind of related actually to productivity and, and Gmail and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is, as a kid, I didn't compare about, care about completion at all. And a lot of people, I think, as they get older, are like, well, you know, I'm an adult. I don't have time to complete. You know, I just want to finish the thing. I've gotten so much worse as an adult where I'm like, no, no, I want to check everything off. Everything must be done. I I, I feel that way about some things like Diablo 4. I just wanted to get through the story. Yeah. Because otherwise Diablo 4 is way too grindy compared to 2 and 3. Um, and I love Diablo, but I'm just like, I just want to finish the storyline. I don't care about all the, you know, the comp- competitive or the new season or blah, blah. I just want to do story things. So that's, you know, that's where I am with that one. Like I finished the main storyline. I've not gone in and done the, the next, you know, the new, I guess, DLC or the new season story, but it's like, whatever. 
yeah, you know, infinitely expanding games. I will yeah. those and really intense open worlds. I'm surprised I made it through Horizon because usually, like very big open worlds, I I can't do it because I want to go everywhere. But it has a pretty good linear story that sort of encourages you to do things in a certain order. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet, very much the same way. Like no matter which direction you choose, it is there are, are scalings that say it's probably best if you do it in this order because suddenly you're surrounded by wild Pokemon that are like just beating you relentlessly. Um, <laughs> and that's, that was my favorite you know. part of the the game is I went to, I want to say the seventh gym leader second, I couldn't make it all the way to her, but like I made it most of the way up the little Island mountain and I just yeah, ran yeah, yeah. into battles and just started spamming revives. And I'm like, Nope, you all are going to survive your way up the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is the best part. By that point, I was so overleveled. I just made a second team. I'm like, all right, core team, just go sit on the bench for a bit. You'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, man, now here's here's this is like the third interview I've done where there's like a list of video games that goes with it. So. <laughs> um, So to get back on track, yes, let's talk about advice. I think you've kind of already done a little bit, but what is the best advice you've been given and what is, uh, or in addition to, or maybe it's all one thing, but uh, the best advice you'd give somebody else? Yeah. So you, uh, you addressed this previously and I forget where I read this phrasing, uh, probably in the YouTube description of, of the video that I'm going to mention. Yes. More stuff for the description, uh, right on. uh, which is the advice to work alongside your brain rather than against it. Yeah. You know, okay. A lot of people think we can just, you know, you said there are various methods that you could use to, uh, to get stuff done and it varies from person to person. And similarly, I think there's a, a a wrong cultural perspective that you can just kind of brute force your way through things. And the simple fact of the matter is that we're, you know, the, we are fallible things. We are not machines. We, but, but like machines, our brains have ingrained preferences and biases. And rather than just trying to overcome them, we can, you know, work alongside them to be, to be better. So, right. right. Um, there was a, a Ted talk that for one of my project management classes, that was all about social psych, uh, which was very fascinating because a lot of those, there was a book influence. Let me find it. Influence science and practice by Robert Cialdini. I think that's how you say his name, uh, which ha which talks about the seven weapons of influence. And it sounds so, you know, buzzwordy marketery, but uh, yeah. it was part of my social site course because he basically was like, Hey, with the complex world, your brain, he calls it click word. The idea that you're just kind of playing pre-recorded tapes and right. it's like, your brain's going to do that anyway you want to create a situation where it works in your favor. And it, mm -hmm. when you do need to do something outside of the way your brain works, uh, you need to think about it. So uh, one of the Ted talks we watched was by Tally Sherritt, I think is how you say her name. It was called how to motivate yourself to change your behavior. And she basically said, Hey, 
Here's a bunch of social psych things that show that people, I, I alluded to this earlier when I said, um, people respond better to positive incentives than negative ones. Mm-hmm. According to the research she saw up to age 40, you do learn, like you learn increasingly more from negative experiences. But then as you get older, you stop learning, but you continuously, you always learn from positives. So she said, you know, if you have things that have social incentives, uh, immediate reward and progress monitoring. And I would add something where the uh, incentive and reward is on the process, not the product. Right. So, you know, social incentive isn't saying, oh, here's a super cool thing I'm going to do. Rather, it's saying, oh, I am going to work 30 minutes a day on this thing in a very public space where people can hold you accountable. And that's an example of working alongside your brain. If this is what motivates not all, but a lot of people, well, then let's give ourselves those incentives rather than just thinking we should do better. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that makes absolute sense. Um, yeah, now I'm going to have to go watch that because that's a good one. Yeah, I, I awesome. really like that one. It was, mm-hmm. uh, we watched a bunch of videos and it's telling that that's the one that really stuck with me as like, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And again, it yeah. doesn't always work. I tried her methods, for example, with me and a friend. It never worked for the friend. And once it stopped working for her, like once it really stopped working for her, it stopped working for me. But right, right. for a period, it actually worked really well for me until again, I saw that my friend wasn't doing it. And then the brain, my guess is it was some social psych thing where my brain is like, oh, well, you see someone else isn't doing a thing. So your brain's like, well, maybe I don't need to work yeah, as hard. Yeah. That whole, and, you know, social mirroring, social proof. I don't know what psychological concept it would be. But. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a psychologist. I'm the guy who makes computers go whir in the cloud. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, but I, I love social mm-hmm. psych. And I think, yeah, I think learning the ways that in which most people's, uh, most people's brains are weird can be helpful in, in, in harnessing yours correctly. Uh, yeah. And on that note, I know it's very easy to think, well, this won't be me. It is you. It yeah, is totally. In, in most cases, it is you. Yeah. I, uh, I love the experiments where people would ask beforehand, would you do this? And everyone raises their hand. No. And they're like, we did a cohort similar to yours. 90% of people did the thing. And it's like, yeah, okay. So we, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I find it, I find it interesting because, uh, I guess maybe I should be reading up more on this because a lot of it does at least through our culture, uh, I'm going to get deep now for a second, uh, through our culture goes back to some of the sort of ingrained things that go with, uh, the Protestant worth ethic, the Protestant work ethic and, um, the, uh, the, the attitude that if you can't do X, it's a moral failing, not a uniqueness thing. And, uh, which ties into the productivity industrial complex, which is what I call it, where it's all, you know, this system works for everybody. And if it doesn't work for you, it's your fault. Yeah. Not the fault of the system. And I just, I want to turn that on its head because it's absolute bullshit and it's, you know, it's toxic stuff, but a lot of that feeds into, I guess, the social psychology side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because it's how that's 
that's where it all lives, man. And our, our brains and whatever. Yeah. Okay. It, it was, um, it's funny that you brought up the president work ethic. Cause I've, uh, mm-hmm. ever since, cause I did psych in college and ever since, uh, and I, I've just liked it since. So I was excited yeah, yeah. when it was like, Oh, grad work in psych. I love that. Uh, even though it's a project management course, but I, I consider project management kind of the, uh, the, the antith, uh, not project management. Sorry. I consider social psychology, uh, the antithesis to the Protestant work ethic where yeah, it's like yeah. Protestant work ethic. It's all morals. Everyone is rational all of the time. And you know, it's all moral failings and social psych is like, everyone is irrational. Everyone is irrational all of the time. Yeah. Like, and 70% yeah. of people doing something is a, a sign that we're going to consider it an effect because like, it's not, Things are both, everyone is universally strange, I guess, is the way. That oh, I love, I, I love that quote. I'm, I'm writing that one, <laughs> that one down in particular. Everyone is universally strange. That's, I love that. That's great. <laughs> um, I always get like some, I get like I look forward to that moment when I get like the money quote for the episode. Yeah. And that is one of them <laughs> right there. Um, all right. So let's take a look at, at McCoin. Um, this question is actually based off of, are you familiar with uh, Howard Taylor's schlock mercenary? Comic? I'm not. No. Oh, it is. It is a 20 year ride is what it was. Um, it just ended. So, if you can, like, when I took the time to read it, I was reading basically a month worth of daily strips at a time, like a night. And that's how I got caught up and then kept myself current until the strip ended. Jesus. Like two years ago. Yeah. Um, Howard is is great. Uh, he's been on the show twice. We love uh, when I get a chance to hang out with him. Uh, it's great. But he wrote something towards the end in his 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries, um, which says that failure is not an option. It's mandatory. Yeah. Uh, the option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do. He had it printed on a challenge coin that I keep in my pocket as a reminder. I love that. So the question is, how do you deal with failure when you miss a goal? Yeah. So, uh, I, I wrote two things here, uh, one of mm-hmm. which relates to social psych and one of which actually relates to that coin. So I'm going to start with social psych, which is I, uh, I try to think of myself externally. Uh, I try to be very forgiving to other people. I mentioned earlier, assuming mm-hmm. this wasn't cut, that I if I can be flexible so someone else doesn't have to be, I will do that. Right, uh, right, 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 right. And, you know, I have beliefs about things like the USA has a very big culture of overworking, you know, yeah, studies yeah. imply that doing a 30 hour work week is healthy and as productive as doing a bunch more. And, and also knowing that most people, when they look at social psych things will think, well, that's true for everyone else, but not for me. Not, right. That they're right. wrong when they think that. So, uh, I, I try to think of myself in that external context where it's like, Someone else, some random person, someone I don't know, because if I try to attribute it to a specific person, 
depending on how I feel about that person, I might be very right, forgiving right. or very unforgiving. <laughs> but some, I, I learned this is what some random person did. Mm-hmm. Are you fine with it? And 99% of the time it's like, yeah, yeah, they did what they needed to do like that or what they could do. Yeah. Uh, but the other context, uh, I, I really like the quote, don't let failure be the last thing that you do. Uh, cause something I, I think about when things are really bad is, you know, I'm still alive. There are yeah. very, very few things I can do that will torpedo my livelihood entirely. Like very, so, uh, it, you know, I, I always have options. So there's very few mm-hmm. things that will torpedo my livelihood. And there are even fewer things that will literally get me. I, this is a bad way of phrasing it, but few things that will get me so dead that I don't have any other options. And so, right. It's a way of, for me, recontextualizing that, you know, missing a goal or a failure. Ultimately it, it, it sucks a lot of the time, but it's almost not as bad as it feels. It's, it's almost never as bad as it feels in that moment. Like, uh, you know, I set my weekly goals, for example, but almost none of them need to get done in that week. It's just, if I want to be on the track that I want to be on, I'll get it done mm-hmm. this week. Um, yeah. but you know, if, if things go awry, that's not going to be the end of the world. Like even to do mm-hmm. to do a hyperbolic example, um, if we ended this interview and you decided Kyle is the person I hate most in the world, <laughs> I have a vendetta against this man and I'm going to tell everyone I know not to work with them. One, right. that still leaves a lot of the podcast industry that I can work with. And two, right. there's other things I can do with my life that aren't podcasting ways for creative fulfillment and money. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I could still make the thing with my friends like that's so that's an extreme example of almost anything that's gone wrong in my life has been mo- so much less worse than that hypothetical. And even with that hypothetical, I'm still alive. I still got plenty of yeah. options. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um it's always interesting. Um, I have interviewed uh, one friend of mine a couple years ago. He's a volunteer EMT. Yeah. As a side thing. And so when he talks about work, he's like, yeah, if I miss a goal, it's not life or death. It's, but you know, if I make a mistake when I'm out on a call, that's a different story. Yeah. Like, you know, and having and taking to, you know, other jobs and things where I'm like, you know, where everybody's like, it's, oh no, we have an outage. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. And I'm the one over here going, is someone going to literally die because <laughs> of this outage? No. Then everybody calm down. I don't always win friends that way. Yeah, right? it's <laughs> I, but but it's a much healthier way of looking at it. Um. No, I I I never when a friend's in distress, I never use the you're still living argument cuz I'm like right. in my mind this is supportive, but I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to take it that way. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. And like I th- you know, I, I never would want to work in a situation where people's lives are in my hand, but even like, you know, let's say something goes wrong as an EMT and someone does die. 
you're still alive. You still have things that you can yeah. and need to do. Like, And I think part of that also is they have a process where they will go through and make sure they did everything right. And if they, you know, that's the, that's the review after the, you know, the, the post-mort as it were, where you go, where they would go through and they'd say, okay, yes, we did everything in our power that we possibly could. Here are the factors that didn't work out or, you know, and I've got a friend who is now a captain in his fire department, um, and yeah, he's, I'm pretty sure he's had to go through similar things as well. Yeah. Right? Uh, and the perspective that brings though is, you know, yes, you have, as long as you have done everything you possibly could and have followed all of the procedures, then it's not a failure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the, so. the quote that I, people put around and I don't care. I still love it. The next generation one where it was like, you can do everything right and still like, lose and that's not failure yeah. that's life or something like that i don't remember the exact quote but it, it gets uh, i bet my wife does she's she she can recognize if if a actor had a five minutes appearance on the next generation she will be able to like tell who it is or tell you what episode it was in and what character <laughs> they played like so, um, uh, so I'll have to, I'll ask her, she, she will be okay. able to tell me probably almost to the, to the, to the minute mark. I sometimes think in the episode where that quote will happen. <laughs> um, so, um, and she might even know just who said it. I won't even have to go look at, you know, the, the wiki quote or wherever to find it yeah if i I googled it if you just look picard that's life quote you'll see you know five dozen different versions of his face and and the quote oh yeah it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose that is not a weakness that is life um and yeah i I don't know yeah yeah i'll for those of you at home I'll dig up a reference for the episode. All right, I have a week to do it. I know I know there are some of you who are just going to be like, oh, that's, you know, season whatever episode this, and here's the entire plot summary. Cool. Great. Uh, for those of you who aren't that into Star Trek, I'll find it for you. Um, okay, thank goodness. There seem to be some clips on YouTube, because I have always been afraid that this is like one of those... Uh, you know, the 85% of statistics are made up Abraham Lincoln kind of quote that's right, just like right, become right, popular right, right, right. and is inspiring, but doesn't actually come from the source. But YouTube is linking to something. So I'm going to believe okay, that well it's then, true. Yeah, well, well, all right. We will, we will go with that one. Um, now, on the other side of the coin is success. And do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? I should. I know I should. The uh, If the earlier question was, I don't know how I'm going to answer the, this, this was the one where I was like, I know what the answer is. And I know it's, I know it's wrong, at least for me, because I, I feel like it is important to celebrate success, especially because yeah, like yeah. you should reward success. And one of the things is it's so easy to to ride the high, but 
mm-hmm. in the long term, failures and successes in in our brains, like we'll remember them, but mm-hmm. the long term emotional effects usually isn't as long as we think they are. So it's yeah. nice to do something else. So you know, I've got you know Habitica, for example, which I use mm-hmm. and. I have it set up specifically so that it prioritizes health successes. Cause I think for right. me as a person, uh, it's more important for me to make sure I'm treating myself healthily than I'm celebrating productivity, especially right. one, because the things are intertwined and two, because it's so easy for me to be like, Oh, I did so much today. And it's like, Kyle, that's cause you stayed up until eight. Uh, you know, you stay, yeah. you stayed a couple extra hours and that's not healthy in the long term. So mm-hmm. I have things like meditation, getting up on time, stopping by as I, in my notes here, I say in Habitica, clearing an entire work day is not, I don't put a single work thing on Habitica. That's not, that's not something I would want to do daily anyway. So I think the only work thing I have is make a TikTok for quest friends. Cause I want to do that on <laughs> weekends. Right. Um, but it's almost all health. And Mm -hmm. those small rewards are the only thing I do right now. And while I think it would be good for me to find ways to celebrate bigger success, Mm -hmm. uh, I do think doing those small things each day just to be like, oh, I feel good because I I knocked off this thing, meaning that I was healthy today is you get that little dopamine hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's small and consistent and. For me, small and consistent is the key to success. And I think that's not a bad way of looking at it. Um, And after, so, and I didn't refer to it this way in this episode, but after doing, I guess, the first three years of the show, I started saying, first, we're going to have the sad but easy question. And then we're going to have the happy but difficult <laughs> question, um, because yeah, <laughs> that's that's a lot of you know. But sometimes it's like this is the happy, but it's also the sad and difficult question. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting uh, in people I've done follow up interviews with, you know, a uh, year later, two years later, uh, you know, has that changed? And you can see that development and that change over time. Yeah. Where they're like, yeah, I never really thought about it, but here's what I'm doing now versus what I did then. Yeah. So, you know, that's something we're always evolving with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that more. Like not to answer for my own personal life, because my answer besides (laughs) that is nothing, but uh, for future. Yeah, that is because I like the small and consistent, but I think there's some more I could do to, to pat myself on the back and say, you did good there, kid. Uh, yeah, no, you're going to, you're going to release an update to your book at some point in errata. That's a big thing. That's true. Like not everybody's able to do that. That's true. Yeah. You know, and that, that at least deserves a, you know, the power pose, woohoo arms in the air. I did it. And maybe a little shimmy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that only leaves one quote unquote official question. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this one a little bit before the show, but, uh, for those who are first time listeners, uh, as a reminder to everyone else, we don't monetize this podcast. We took the support us page off of the website 
and replaced it with a link to all of the charities our guests have suggested since we started doing this. Um, so about 2021, we realized that we don't need the money and that other people probably should have it way more than we do. So we started asking, I started asking our guests, who do you want our listeners to give their money to this week instead of to us because we don't need it. And so who would you like our listeners to support this week? So this one was tough for me uh, because I have a handful of national organizations I, uh, Mm -hmm. I support. Okay. But one of my firmest beliefs is that it is important for people to engage in their communities. Um, so I am going to pick an option that I do want to make it clear from the start. This is uh, a nonprofit that is run by my mother-in-law. So okay. I, w- I want to make that clear off the start because uh, right. I just feel like it's important to say, especially after you said this whole thing of we don't take money anymore. I'm like, I'm going to talk about my mother-in-law. <laughs> but the reason I'm picking it what? is because mm-hmm. I live in Phoenix and this is of the Phoenix chair. This is the one I know obviously the best because I know someone right. who runs it and uh, it, it shares the beliefs I do. Um, is right. If I go on, I feel like I interrupted. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, so, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm writing. Yeah. I'm taking notes. It's okay. cool. <laughs> uh, so this organization is called the Walter Hive. Um, it is a Phoenix organization that engages with the community through art. Uh, so they do a lot of like art workshops. Dusty knows oh man, yeah. So for example, they've done stuff for uh the they work and they work with a lot of organizations. So uh you'll see a lot of um medical and children's stuff, which makes sense because my mother-in-law used to be a pediatrician. Um right, right. So they work with the cancer support community. Uh, mm-hmm. my wife helps volunteer with uh dementia workshops that they do uh once how often are the dementia workshops, Emily? <laughs> How often are the dementia workshops? Um, they used to be twice a month, but we moved to once a month because they have one. They used to be twice a month, but now they do choir, so it's once a month. The Walter Hyde okay. doesn't do choir. The the people right? No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Boys and Girls Club, Big Brother, Big Sister, nurses and healthcare workers with uh Banner Health. Uh, and a whole lot. This was the point where I told my wife, you can stop listing examples. I think I have enough. Um, right, 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 right. But, and, and so that's, it's cool stuff. Like uh, they've done uh Kokodama, which are basically moss balls uh, with the foundation Ooh. for blind children. And in addition to working and engaging the community through art, both, uh, you know, lots of community and, and it's a nice mix of, you mm-hmm. know, people who, uh, need support is lack of a good word, but like, you know, you've got kids and you've got people with disabilities and you've got healthcare workers and they also Mm -hmm. just have some open community workshops. I don't have it here, but they had like a little, uh, they had a cardboard workshop that I went to, uh, where you made things out of like cardboard without, which is scissors. I made a little, I made a little spaceship model. Uh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was cool, but I, I'm sure that there are ways I'm sure I'm butchering the description to some, some extent, but the, the short version is the Walter hive is very passionate. Uh, it's an offshoot of Walter productions, which is a for-profit company that does a lot of um, events. Uh, and mm, the Walter okay. hive is more focused on the, 
community building and art aspect of it. And that that's really what its focus is, is on mm-hmm. the power of art in one's community. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, I love, um, I love hearing about community art and especially um, where it's engaging with the community. It's not just here's a public art project, yeah. but here is much more of an interactive thing. Um, part of that is because my mother-in-law is an artist and my wife, before she transitioned to writing full time was an artist. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess her stepfather, um, made a lot of his living was on public art projects like you know so uh that one's very near and dear to me and the fact that they're engaging with all of these different communities that aren't normally engaged with yeah is i think really good stuff yeah so it's yeah it's definitely an organization that focuses on the on the power of the process of making art rather than showing off some cool thing that was made with it. Right. And that's, you know, that's, that's absolutely a a great thing. Yeah. Um, Um, and yes, even if you're bad at it and there is a there, by the way, folks, the certificate, the permission slip to make bad art is still on productivityalchemy.com. So you can still download that if you need it. Um, should print that off before I start, before I go back to, uh, I started learning, doing a com- unconcerted effort to learn digital art this past year. Yeah. And I, I shift between periods of doing it nonstop and then, Oh, it's too much. There's no way I can do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I will link that in the show notes. Yeah relink and I, bad I, art cert and i i, I <laughs> and i can send you the yeah. stuff for the hive but uh the reason i ultimately went with that was because as i said i is is even less so than just the walter hive that and more so mm-hmm. that there are local organizations in anybody's yeah. community and yeah. i i think it's important to engage with those the global <laughs> ones are great too like I, I oh, yeah. again, no. I contribute to a, a couple of national organizations that I believe strongly in as well. But right, right, yeah, awesome. So that's everything. Um, where can we find out more? Uh, where can we find you online if you're comfortable with sharing? I'm guessing you are. Yeah, but. You know, if, if they're, you know, you don't have to give us like, here's my super secret personal Instagram, but like, you know, I'm sure like, I bet people now want to know where the pot, where this, uh, where quest friends is and, uh, you know, where they can find more, you know, more of your stuff. Yeah. So, uh, quest friends is at questfriendspodcast.com Uh, or if you go on your podcatcher, whatever you're using to listen to this, unless I guess, unless you're on the website, in which case you're going to have to go onto a podcatcher, but, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, you can search quest friends, but you need an exclamation point. Some of them don't search. So quest friends with an exclamation point, because I did not think about SEO when I, when I came up with that title, uh, or questfriendspodcast.com. We've got two seasons, one of which takes place in the, um, realm of the dead, uh, and it's based on cartoons like gravity falls and the owl house and amphibia, 
which we love. Yes. Yeah. Very, very slice of life plus magic spirals into catastrophe. Our older one was Numenera, which was sci-fi shenanigans. And that one, they go to like Las Vegas, Disneyland, and they do a dating sim on the airship Titanic, uh, which had heart points. I like tracked it like it was a dating sim. And to go to prom, oh, okay. they yeah. had to get five hearts with somebody else. Um, and they did, they all did it. So (laughs) I was, I was proud of them, but, uh, that that's quest friends. Uh, we're, if you go on the website, you'll see all the quest friends, social media, but the two main ones are, are going to be our TikTok and our Twitter, both of which are quest underscore friends. Um, and then I'm not going to mention the name of it, but, uh, well, I'll mention the name of the game. Uh, you can also look up the game under the neighborhood. Just type in under the neighborhood TTRPG on Twitch or uh, drive through RPG. That's the game that I keep talking about that I made that will be updated. Not by the time this comes out, but I mean, it still works. It's still a good game. Yeah. It's a couple yeah, of no, typos. No. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you buy it on Twitch, I put up a copy for free for someone else to have. And that's a, uh, Oh, Nice. Yeah, that's a um, that lets you tell stories in worlds like Gravity Falls or the Owl House. I have done fake Owl House episodes with it. Uh, I yeah, and Owl, Owl, both Owl House and Amphibia were uh, some of our uh, were possibly two of the things that helped get us through twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. And I, all right. I'm not afraid to admit it. I was crying like nobody's business when they wrapped Owl House. It was it, so good. And just, yeah. It was very impactful. I, I didn't yeah. cry, but uh, my wife definitely did. Yeah. Um, well, the after I had kids, I would cry at a, even a vaguely maudlin AT&T commercial. So, you know. Um, uh, but, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in addition so. to that, I'll, I'll mention myself personally. I do twitter.com slash decalodian. Um, mm-hmm. I do stuff there occasionally. But speaking of, I feel bad. I'm not going to call it bad. I'm not going to call it my bad digital art because I, right. I think that it's there's a difference between letting yourself make bad art and calling your art bad in my okay, mind. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um. So when I say it to myself, I'll call it bad art, but I'll call it, you can see my art grow. Uh, and that's also Decalodian. That's on Instagram. And that one, yeah, you're either going to get an update once every month or you're going to get an update every day, depending on like what kind of mood I'm in at that moment. How, how, how things strike. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with how that works. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much everything I'm at, you know, the only other thing I do social media is LinkedIn and I'm not, I'm not sending anyone there. (laughs) Um, You can find me on LinkedIn if you want. I occasionally do posts, but it's, I mean, it's LinkedIn in I'm, I'm set up for friends. So likely if you're listening, you're not going to be able to connect with me because we'll be a third connection. (laughs) Aha, but I can because I bet I have one of the right email address. Okay, but I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, all right. No, that was that. This has been uh, fantastic. And uh, thank you for taking your time, taking time out of your 
such a busy, busy schedule to, uh, sorry, I didn't mean for the sarcasm to literally drip out of my mouth on that one, but, um, <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for, for spending some time with us and, and, you know, being here and when you want to come back, if you, something changes or you found a system that has just been working for you like gangbusters or, you know, you've discovered a new way to do something, uh, you know, that you're just excited about when you want to come back, drop me an email. We'll make it happen. Okay. Um, because, uh, you know, year or two years, I'd love to catch up. Yeah, I will. I'll be, I'll be sure to do that. Well, when I've, when I've got some new things in place and I can talk about, you know, balancing things like the podcast with, uh, an employment. I can be very confident in stating what it is. Nope, nope. I no. I'm 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 right there with you. I understand. <laughs> I I know that balance, and it's. In, I want to hear how more people do it. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, um, thank you. And uh, and then for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. So, as you can tell, since it's two hours later, Kyle and I hit it off like a house of fire. (laughs) (laughs) And we had a great time, and I'm very grateful to Kyle for coming on the show and talking to me and all the stuff, all the stuff we talked about before and after. So, yay. Thank you. Uh, I have a word. You have a word. I have a word. Let's let's hear the word. The word is quest, friends. I bet you could have guessed that. I I suppose that uh, I I I would not have bet against it. Yes. So hey, uh, quest, friends. Of course, the name of Kyle's show that is currently in between seasons. Um, and you take that as all one word and you type it into the activity codes box on productivityalchemy.com and you get a badge, a badge handcrafted by me specifically for this episode. I'm awesome that way. You are. I and do this in other ways. And in other ways. Although that, uh, now I feel like I'm bragging. But um, anyway. You weren't even raised Catholic. While you are there. While you are there, you can look at the show notes. And boy, have I got a lot of show notes. And you can look at the other badges. And you can listen to past episodes. And you can listen to uh, the show notes. Or you can look at the show notes for past episodes. You can uh, look at the list of charities suggested by prior guests and ourselves. You can contact us, although I have word that the comment on episodes forms is being a little cranky. Um, You can find out more about us. You can read bios. You can look at past episodes. You have many options. But the charities. The charities. The charities that have replaced the forbidden link. 
Yes, the no longer forbidden link. The no longer forbidden link. Yes, the charities. And I have a new one for us this week. All right, what is it? It's the Walter Hive in Phoenix, Arizona. Are you familiar with this one? Uh, no. Probably it has happened since I left. Uh, Phoenix. Probably, yeah. Uh, it is uh, engaging the public through art projects. So it is public art, but interactive, where they'll go out to and do, you know, create art with the people, not just, we are funding a big art installation kind of thing. Mm, cool. So, and they work with all sorts of groups, and uh, Kyle recommends it because he believes it is important for you to support things in his community, and this is one of his ways of giving back to his community in Phoenix. A fabulous, fabulous place to live. I I could not afford to live there nope. but again, but uh, I I do miss the desert enormously. Yep. So um, yeah, check out the Walter Hive. I will have links for you on in the show notes uh, and give them uh, show them a little love. And if you want to support, you know, a local charity instead, find a uh, community engaging local art charity to give to. Absolutely. Local art is important. It really is. My, my parents, God knows, were, uh, did a lot of public art projects, mm -hmm. uh, back in the day. And, uh, uh, there are a number of artists who, who, uh, art is not, this may shock you, a dreadfully lucrative profession. And, uh, I know. I'm, I'm mortified. If, yes. Uh, if, you uh, uh, lots of, of very good artists can only afford to make really cool art if someone is paying them to, for example, make a gigantic uh, 12 foot long marble <laughs> fish, which was like the sort of thing that my stepfather used yeah, to do. Yeah, it was. So. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Um, or build a Zen garden. Or, yeah, things or like that. Whatever. So, yeah, go go support some local art. Yes. And on that note... On that note, I'm massaging Hound's face. Yes. Uh, on that note, uh, we are calling it done for the week. Uh, we hope you all have a good week and uh, are doing your best to um, stay productive. Does Hound have a mushy face? Yes, Hound face is so mushy, but beautiful. <laughs>